With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Matt Neely, and you're listening to the Titans Film Room Podcast. Welcome in to the Titans Film Radio Podcast. The Titans beat the Chiefs at home 35-33 in a thrilling comeback win. James and I are going to talk about some of the bigger takeaways from what the defense did, what the offense did, how the special teams played, Ryan Tannehill's future in Tennessee, Art Smith, Mike Vrabel, the whole, every, all of it. We're going to talk about it. That's what we do. James, any words? Let's go. The biggest thing was that when they did have success moving the football, and I think the five field goal attempts, you know, was a, was a huge part of keeping that thing uh, <clears throat> close and giving us a chance at the end of the game. So, you know, when we had to, to get some stops, we did. And, um, you know, we can, we can play better. We can, we, there's a lot of things that we can do uh, that we have to do and we must do to improve. Um, but that was a huge uh, emphasis to be able to, to force them to kick field goals. All right. Wow. James, how are you doing? I'm riding high, my friend. Riding high. Revitalized a bit? Um, I'm still pessimistic, but I'm very hopeful going forward. Like, I feel like this team's still going to hurt me, but I'm just going to enjoy the win and hope we win next week. Yeah, I'm with you. I said before the game that I wasn't going to be pulled back in with this with a win here because it's the consistency issues that have plagued this team. But right. even so, like that doesn't mean we can't be cautiously optimistic moving forward and hope that maybe we're turning a corner. The team has to get consistent and go on a run um, for it to mean anything, you know. But hey, we've seen we've seen the Titans do that in 2017. Maybe who knows? Yeah, I think it's very possible. Um, but I mean. We just got to wait and see. One game at a time. That's right. And this was one big game. Um, Jimmy Morris on MCM Radio recapped the game. So if you want to check out a detailed recap, listen to that episode. James and I today are going to talk a little bit bigger picture. Takeaways from this game, expectations moving forward, things we learned, and things that we still have yet to learn. So with that, I'm going to throw it over to you, James. What do you think of the defensive performance in this game? No Malcolm Butler, no Jarrell Casey. Um, obviously, Mahomes had had a pretty big day, but overall, they made they got the big stops when they needed to. What what were your thoughts? Uh, you know, it always felt like one of their receivers was open. Uh, they gave up a big touchdown to Michael Harden or Miko. How do you say it? Miko Hardman. Yeah, um, but I mean, it's Pat Mahomes, so I'm willing to give them a little bit of leeway with that one i mean it seems like he does that to every defense so uh i'll just kind of put this as one of those games that you kind of take out when you evaluate this defense but um that's not to take away from some of the stuff they did good they had that defensive touchdown from rashawn evans that david long jr punched loose that's right 
I mean, they they almost had that uh, would be interception at the beginning of the game too. On uh, the first play, yeah, that would have been huge. But uh, overall, I thought they did really well. Yeah, I thought they came up big when they needed to. They did a pretty good job containing the run, shutting it down. Logan Ryan had 13 tackles. LaShawn Sims had 12 tackles. Adoree had eight tackles. David Long Jr., the rookie, had eight tackles. Um, So they were all over the place. And Harold Landry, what a game for him. He had another sack. Um, And that was a pretty big play. He had the two-hand swipe working and turned the corner on the left tackle there and brought Mahomes down. That was a pretty big play. Those kinds of moments helped turn the tide for the Titans when uh, when they really needed stops. The defense came up and forced a field goal. A great example is after the fumble, which, what the heck was that? How did they rule that? Ryan Tannehill was strip-sacked, and they somehow, and he lands on the ball, and he's got his arm, on, he's got his hand on top of the ball, and he's like kind of pinning it to his chest. He didn't really pick it up or grab it, but like when the defender dove on the ball, he did grab it. I don't understand how the defender can be ruled having possession of that ball. It makes absolutely no sense, especially after a video review. Uh, I'm sure a bunch of people have already said what I just said, but that was that was crazy to me. But anyway, great job by Harold Landry and great job by a lot of this defense. Yeah, I kind of gave them that one just because he was kind of looking around. He wasn't really looking at it. He kind of had his hand on it, but he wasn't really securing it, so... Uh, right. it's kind of, it was kind of like murky to begin with. So, I mean, they're going to call that either way. And I mean, he's just got to do a better job of securing that ball because Tannehill has had issues with fumbles. That's true. He needs to just pick the ball up and be more aware in that situation, but it's still kind of, that was kind of fishy and weird, but defense did a great job. They held him to a field goal there. Um, David Long Jr. Was flashing all over the place. He was in the backfield making stops. Um, like I said, he had eight total tackles played a lot in this game because of Jayon Brown's injury. It's just cool because to see him like right as soon as the ball is snapped, he reads what's happening and shoots into the backfield. You saw it a lot on his college tape. Um, I do think he got out of position on one play that allowed a big run, but that's what's going to happen with the rookie coming in there. He was he was aggressive and he was trusting his instincts and making good plays. And I thought that was pretty cool to see him out there, six round rookie, getting some time in his first season. Yeah, it's uh, really promising. Um, I'm really hoping we get Jay on back soon though. Jeffrey Simmons, on the other hand, he's still flashing. I saw him pushing his guy into the backfield on on a bunch of plays. But um, without Casey out there, he's getting more attention and conditioning maybe not there yet coming off that torn ACL. This is more what we expected and what we were supposed to expect coming off of an injury like that. It takes some time to really get back to the full performance strength football shape. So we'll just keep an eye on him. It's nice to see him getting a lot of snaps. He played more snaps in this game. I think it was like 56 or so snaps. Than he's played yet. Of course, the defense was on the field for so much in this game. There were so many instances like that, um, the interception that was not an interception by Kenny Vaccaro on the very first play of the game, where it feels like that almost big moment kind of actually deflates the defense going forward. Like I feel like the other team always ends up going on a big long drive after some moment like that. It reminds me of last week against the Panthers when they converted the fake uh, fake punt back deep in their own territory after the defense forced to should have been a three and out. Just seems like after that, the defense, the other team gets some, some sort of momentum boost and the defense has a tough time responding. And we saw it a few times. It wasn't just the Kenny Vaccaro non-pick. There was a bunch of almost picks. Adoree had two that he almost had. Rashawn Evans had one that he dove for that he almost had, but they ended up getting the stop after that Evans drive. But still, it's, 
it's nice to see the defense around the ball so much. They just have to capitalize. And obviously they did in a big way in this game, probably the ultimate difference maker. The only, the only thing that really kept them alive early on until the offense got going in the second half was that Rashawn Evans scoops, scoop and score fumble off the David long forced fumble. Yeah. I thought uh, Dory missed a few tackles where he had Tyreek short of the first down, but Tyreek's either really strong or just bounced off really well. And, uh, just got those first downs where I felt like there should have been three and outs. Yeah, that's true. And and that's going to happen against a player like Tyreek Hill. Everyone's got to be swarming to the ball because you can't expect the first guy is going to bring him down, even if he's in good position, because that's just the, how good of a player Tyreek Hill is. And overall, I thought they contained that those plays fairly well. That's what the Chiefs do. That's what makes them so good and so explosive is their ability to catch a pass two or three yards downfield and turn it up and make a move and get past the first down marker and keep drives like ahead of the sticks. That's why they average more yards per play on first down than any team in the league. And Tyreek Hill did have 157 yards and 11 catches. And his touchdown was on a play where Logan Ryan had him one-on-one single coverage with no help behind him. And Tyreek Hill got to run from one side of the field all the way across to the other opposite corner. And that's a really tough play. That would be tough for Adoree, the fastest player on defense to defend against Tyreek Hill. So those kinds of getting them in those kinds of situations is not ideal. I think you have to play Tony Romo was talking about this a lot during the game. You have to play the Chiefs receivers a specific way. You've got to get up on them. You've got to bump them at the line of scrimmage and throw them off their routes, throw them off their timing because they're so fast that you're going to give up big plays anyway. So if you give up a few more big plays because you're up there bumping and running and and you get beat off the line a couple of times out of the course of a game like it's worth giving up those few big plays because you're just going to give up a bunch of big plays playing off coverage anyway. And it felt like the Titans maybe were playing off a little too much, but then they, as the Chiefs um, got down to it towards the end of the game, the Titans defense really stiffened up. Logan Ryan had some of those diving pass breakups and they were getting pressure on Mahomes and it, they were able to, to get the ball on that um, last play, the third down where the Chiefs ended up having to kick the field goal, the one that, the snap was botched on and they had to throw it away. That play, Mahomes had to take a knee and slide down in the backfield because after a certain point, it was set up to be a little screen play, but the Titans defense covered it so well and delayed it so well that Mahomes couldn't throw it downfield. He had to slide down in the backfield because the Chiefs had a bunch of linemen who had run downfield. So that was a great job of the Titans defense looking prepared to face that third down play there and getting that stop, which eventually led to the comeback even being possible. So defense stepped up even though they gave up 32 points they really did play a good game against a really good offense um i think ryan just um it's a unique situation i was very aware of that i think coming in that having been a starter uh, in this league, coming here, learning an offense to try to um, invest as much as he could to be ready uh, for the opportunity, um, and he was. Um, you know, and it's a fine line. I think that he was. You know, there were things that he probably, you know, wanted to say or, or do as as a backup that he had normally done as a starter. Um, respect to the situation. You know, he probably didn't, and, and I think now that where he's at, um, you know, starting for us, it's it's been, um, you know, everything that 
we'd hope for have him coming in to be ready to go to, to assume that role. All right. Let's talk about the offense in this game now. I'm going to throw it to you. Is Ryan Tannehill the Titans quarterback opening day 2020? I think he could be. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's the quarterback of the future. I think he's going to be a bridge quarterback. Um, mm. What I would really like to see is re-signing Tannehill, drafting a rookie in the top three rounds and developing him for a year and then seeing what we have. Um, and I mean, Tannehill could start one to five games, maybe starts the whole season, but honestly, like that's honestly what I really want to see. I don't think he should be signed to like a four or five year contract. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, but I think in this game he showed he's the type of passer that can that can play and play in the clutch moments. Before I say what I'm about to say, I want to preface it by saying I thought Tannehill played a good, efficient game. He made the big plays when he needed to. He was making checks at the line of scrimmage and getting the run game in good position all game, killing plays to the left and running to the right and vice versa. And you could hear Romo talking about that a bit if you're watching the game broadcast. But I want to say this Ryan Tannehill game was a very Marcus Mariota-esque game. Was it not? (laughs) Like... 2016 2017 version more so than the more than the more recent Mariota but Tannehill's final numbers 13 for 19 for 181 yards and two touchdowns he took four sacks three of them were I mean three of them two to three of them were pretty bad two of them were really bad I mean he just like went through all of his reads and no one was open and then he just kind of drifted in the pocket and kind of rolled to his left a little and like you just have to throw the ball at someone's feet or throw it away you can't take a sack in those positions he took a few sacks that you shouldn't be taking he got away with a couple throws he had that one throw that uh i think it was frank clark hit him in both hands and he just dropped it um coming off the line but when he needed to step up and make the big plays he stepped up in the clutch he led the game winning drive he got them in position multiple times to go down the field and yeah derrick henry had a really big day and had a lot to do with making Tannehill's life easy but like I said, Tannehill was reading the defense pre-snap and getting Henry running in the right direction early to give him an advantage in those situations. So credit to Tannehill for that too. But that is exactly the type of game that Marcus Mariota has had for so many years here where he his numbers aren't great, you know, only 181 passing yards. His per pass attempt numbers are fine. 9.5 yards per attempt is great. Two touchdowns on a couple of great throws, especially the one to Ferkser early on. But, I mean, it's just funny that, like, I'll take it, obviously, and I'm happy, and I want Ryan Tannehill to continue to play well and play like this and keep leading the team to wins. And I'll back him, and I think he could be the 2020 starter for this team while you groom a young quarterback to take over eventually. But just funny that this is... And even, like, the he made a bunch of plays with his legs, Tannehill did. He had, like, four or five. He had three. Okay, three carries for 37 yards. But he also had a fourth one on the two-point conversion. All three carries were pretty big. One of them was a read option keeper, and the other two were scrambles for first downs, one of them on third down, one of them to open the final drive where they ended up going down and scoring the game-winning touchdown. And so, you know, making those plays with his legs, making a heart hustle play where he meets the defender right at the line, right at the goal line, and pushes his way across. He did that on the, uh, their last touchdown drive before the Adam Humphreys touchdown where he ran, scrambled on third down. He got met like eight yards downfield, like two or three yards short of the line line to gain, and he just 
muscled his way and forced his way through and like playing with that heart and making those plays with his legs and making the game winning throw at the right time when it mattered just felt very Mariota-esque to me. That's all I want to say. I love it and I was happy to root for it, but it's just funny. How reminiscent was that to the playoff game? You had a long Derrick Henry run for a touchdown. You had a pass to Adam Humphreys like in the middle, like up the like a post route, like similar to Decker. Right. Uh, you had a gritty play by Tannehill at the end to win the game. Yeah. Um, I don't think they had a missed field goal at the end, but I think they had a chance. But it's funny because the Titans' last, last game against the Chiefs ended on a really big field goal play that went in the Titans' favor and kind of the same thing. Yeah. Ooh, Ryan yeah, Suckup. Uh, yeah. I don't want to say that I told you so, but didn't I tell you so? Let's do special teams real quick. We just did defense and offense. One more thing on offense. Derrick Henry's a beast. Keep feeding him. Resign him. Do everything you have to. Derrick Henry's the best player on the team. And it's like you tweeted today, James. A great video. Everyone go check it out at, at South Texas Titan. It's about to be D. Henber. I think Mike Miracles, Mike Herndon is the creditor for the origin of that. Is that wrong? Uh, Hammer F words pod is a generally creditable, but yeah. So that's, I just want to say where we could be in for some special stuff with Henry over the final, what, six, seven, six, six games, yeah. seven games, six games. Ish. I know five we, and five, six games. <laughs> we have five games in December from December 1st to the end of the season. That'll be nice for Derrick Henry. That's when he runs his best. So special teams, um, I thought the punting game, as usual, was really good. Uh, Chris Milton made a really nice tackle deep deep on a punt. Um, obviously, Josh Kalou with his snap count timing on the field goals, which uh, Luke Worsham tweeted about and which uh, Jimmy talked about on MCM Radio a lot, is um, really cool to see, and it ended up paying off huge on the, on the blocked field goal that would have tied the game and sent it to overtime. And, Going into overtime against the Chiefs is not exactly the best way to try to beat them. So what a great play by Josh Kalou there, who has been out, who was on IR, activated off IR a couple weeks ago and making an impact on special teams. Yeah. Um, the, uh, Jimmy yeah, really talked about that cadence thing, but I think that shows really good awareness. Um, uh, I mean, he made a great play. I hope he keeps making them. Yeah. Suck up. Just kind of have to hope the bye week gets him right, huh? Mm, I don't know, man. I don't know what that injury was. Was it like his planning foot? Was it his kicking foot? Dude. I don't know. They don't really tell us that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it could have been anything. I really, really think we should have kept Parky and just kept uh, suck up out for the year, to be honest. I don't know if we brought him back too soon or what, but I don't know, man. I just kind of had a feeling that it wasn't going to go good. Yep, no field goals in this game. Three for four on extra points, and the miss was pretty ugly. Just totally shanked it to the left. Yep. So, um, Arthur Smith in this game, I thought did a fine job. Um, I thought this was one of the better coached games of the tight for the Titans this year. I don't know what it is about playing against good teams, but it seems like the Titans want to step up in those moments, and maybe the coaching staff feels like they need to prove something, and the players too. I wish they would bring this energy every single week against teams that aren't thought of as good because it's the NFL and anyone can win any week. But overall, I liked the decisions in this game. I liked some of the things that maybe were viewed as more controversial decisions by Mike Vrabel. And I thought the time management was played well by the Titans. And I thought the game plan was pretty good overall and effective. 
give the ball to Derrick Henry and pray. Yeah, but like they they were doing some things early on in the game. Kansas City had was putting eight and nine guys up in the box. You, at certain points, you could pause it and see all eleven defenders in the frame close to the line of scrimmage. And towards the end of the game, there was only six or seven guys in the box on the runs because the Titans were spreading out the receivers more and they were threatening more with the passing game. And I don't know what it was, but Kansas City was backing off. Maybe they were expecting the Titans to pass because they were down. Um, But the Titans took advantage of those situations. They stuck with the run. Henry ended up with 23 carries, 188 yards. So I thought the game plan was really good. The only thing I thought was lacking from the game plan was more designed plays for the receivers like A.J. Brown and Adam Humphreys. Jonu Smith had a nice game. It's unfortunate that long third down rumble was taken back for the Taylor Lewan hold. We can talk about Taylor Lewan in a second, but um, I just I like seeing more plays that are designed to go to A.J. Brown. They had one in the playbook last week against Carolina, that little screen, tunnel screen thing that went for like 20 yards. They didn't have any plays like that for him today or on Sunday. They had... That one slant play, was it was actually a check. I think Tannehill noticed the one-on-one coverage on the top of the screen, and he checked into that little under route by A.J. Brown that he caught and took for about 15 yards, 17 yards. He had one catch for 17 yards. Um, and then he had that one target downfield where just a really great defensive play to get his hand. Fender got his hand in there and broke up the pass. But other than that, those are my only real complaints with this offensive game plan. No Corey Davis and no Delaney Walker and... Uh, you really didn't. It felt like we didn't really miss them watching the game, which that just goes to show how many playmakers playmakers there have been added to this team. Khalif Raymond with the fifty-two yard catch. He almost got up and got in the end zone, um, but using players correctly. You know that at least that wasn't Tajay Sharp on the deep route. It was Khalif Raymond. Deion Lewis did not have a single touch in this game. He was on the field a bit on third downs and in the hurry up drills, but he didn't touch the ball. They didn't have any designed plays, any Deion Lewis packages in this game. So. Seeing improvements there, and those are the kinds of things you want to see. Two things. Lawan again, with back-to-back penalties on one drive. Ugh. And something I really liked was A.J. Brown getting it after him, like in his face, after he did that. Yeah, A.J. Brown is what a great guy he's turning out to be, huh? Oh, man, that's going to be so good. Um, I'm really excited about him. But uh, He was the first guy there, too. I mean, Khalif Raymond was... Um, actually down so he didn't score a touchdown but while he was in the end zone celebrating aj brown's the first one to run over to him and was like congratulating him and like really happy for him right off the bat and can see him running all the way downfield on derrick henry's long touchdown and tajay sharp too tajay sharp had a block downfield that really helped seal derrick henry's 68 yard touchdown run anthony ferkser what a catch in the back of the end zone being held and diving for the ball and catching it so lots of guys stepping up and making plays like to see Adam Humphreys get some more targets, especially on third down. I tweeted out a play where there's a blitz. The uh, Chiefs actually disguised their blitz very well. They had a lot of guys up around the line of scrimmage, kind of made it look like the blitz was coming from the right. Blitz came from the left, and Tannehill threw, threw right into um, coverage, who was dropping off away from the line of scrimmage. And uh, on the other side of the field, Adam Humphreys was wide open if he'd thrown at the blitz, which he would have needed to read pre-snap, which he didn't do. Um, but it was well disguised, so it would have been tough. But if he'd been able to read it, he would have seen Adam Humphreys wide open there on a third down, and that's the kind of time that you're looking for Adam Humphreys is those little slot routes on third and short where he can turn around and catch the ball right at the line to gain, but that's okay. He only had one target. It was a huge one, and it was awesome to see him get that game-winning touchdown. Yeah. Um, better late than never, man. But Yeah, exactly. 
And Vrabel, you know, he did that thing at the end of the half that some people are complaining about where he ran the ball, called timeout, then ran the ball, started throwing it, um, and kind of wound some time off and then started running a two-minute drill. And I get the understanding that, like, if you're going to run the two-minute drill, then just go for it. If you're going to run time off the clock, then just run timeout and run the clock out. But I think what the way Tony Romo explained it on the broadcast made a lot of sense to me was, like, if the Titans had just come out throwing and they throw three incompletions, then the Chiefs are going to get the ball with a lot of time left. And so they kind of were able to move the ball with a few really good runs by Henry, taking the defense maybe off guard, not expecting a run there with so little time in the half. And then they are in better position to actually try to go for something, whereas if they ended up going three and out, quote unquote three and out at that point after running Derrick Henry, they get to punt the ball all the way downfield and like pin the Chiefs deep. If they'd gone three and out right off the beginning of the drive, then they're punting it to around midfield or just a little past, you know, and the Chiefs have more time. So I don't hate that decision to just kind of neutralize what the Chiefs could do in that situation, knowing you're getting the ball back to start the second half. Go see if you can get a field goal or something with a little bit of time left in the half. They obviously did have to punt, so I think it's a good thing that they ran the ball first and ran the clock down because once they started passing it, they had to punt right away. So... I don't know. I don't. I didn't see any coaching blunders. No bad challenges or non challenges or whatever. No bad decisions to kick it or go for it or so. A good game by Vrabel. It was. It, it really was. So, well, looking forward after this bye week, we have the Jaguars. Correct. Yeah, lots of division games coming up. Huh? Jaguars, Colts. Uh, I think the Saints or no Texans. Raiders. Raiders. Jaguars, Colts, Raiders. Texans. Saints, Texans. Ra- Saints, Texans, yeah. Which is really uh, weird. Uh, Look, these know. games are all winnable. That's what's crazy. I mean, yeah. obviously any game is winnable when you can beat the Chiefs, right? But they just can't have like a Broncos-Panthers-esque offensive outing where they're just making mistake after mistake after mistake. So this bye week needs to be used to look internally and clean up all these little errors and figure out how they can play more consistently. Because if they win five or six god forbid of these games they're going to make the playoffs they'll be well positioned like i can really see us losing to the raiders and the saints and then i'm hoping we can just clear up or clean up in the division and end up at nine and seven the raiders is going to be a big Uh, game for the wild card we got to win that one i think it is and like the way john gruden likes to play football he's going to try to stop derrick henry make Tannehill throw it and then he's going to try to run the ball on us. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Saints, who lost to the Falcons, but we beat the Falcons, so it dictates that we are going to lose to the Saints. <laughs> the circle and of the ball. That's, that's, that's how it works. But, uh, you know, I really think we can beat the Jags and Colts now that we have Tannehill starting. Uh, do we? I have no idea. It can, like, we always seem underprepared when it comes to division opponents. Um, but... You know, I have a little more confidence in slinging that ball. Uh, Jags don't have Jalen Ramsey anymore. And uh, the Colts seem to, I mean, the Colts dropped one to the Dolphins, so maybe we can just catch them on a downslide. And the Saints, honestly, I mean, this has been a problem for them a couple seasons in a row now. It's towards the end of the year. Drew Brees not really looking downfield so much. Offense looks a little more one-dimensional. Team's able to kind of come up and play up closer to the line of scrimmage on them. That's how they got beat. By the Falcons, we'll see what's going on by week 16 where the Saints are at. And then you just got to take care of business in the division. I mean, it's doable. I don't want to get my hopes up too high because the the way this team goes is up and then down. We're on a very high up right now, which 
you know, what goes up must come down, right? I don't. One thing I'm really excited about is the Texans don't have JJ Watt going against this offensive line. So that's very true. It could go okay. Or Clowney. <laughs> or Clowney. Exactly. So fingers crossed. Not to mention Mike Vrabel probably still knows some of the players on the defense and how he can exploit that maybe. So a lot can happen. And our opinion changes so much week to week. We learned so much. We learned about the Titans this week that the offense is not dead. That Ryan Tannehill is a pretty effective quarterback. That Derrick Henry still got it. And that the defense can make big plays when they need to. Well, our opinion it's a roller coaster because his teams are roller coasters, so That's until right. that changes, then maybe we'll be a little more consistent. And our but. bigger sample size the bigger our sample size gets of Ryan Tannehill, the more okay I am with, with sticking around with him sticking around for the long not long term, but longer than this season. Right. So here's hoping. Alright, any last words? That'll be it. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> Oh, you're talking to them? Yes. Awkward. Yikes.